Hey everyone, welcome to the Dossier Podcast on, exclusively on Colin with Jordan Schachtel. Um, I wanted to talk to you on this very rainy Saturday about this article that I've been, that I just finished yesterday at the Dossier on Substack about the insanity that is going on with this whole FDA approval process and there seems to be a lot of confusion surrounding it. So uh, I think it's an important topic to address with these mRNA shots. There, there's so much um, misinformation and disinformation that's coming from the government and the pharmaceutical industry on what exactly is going on, You know, what's FDA approved, what's not FDA approved. Um, and I was doing a little bit of research earlier this week and I came to some stunning findings from my perspective. And basically that the conclusion of the story, I'll start with the conclusion and then go from the top. Conclusion of the story is that if, if you recall in August of 2021, there was this um, FDA approval or so-called FDA approval of a Pfizer drug called Comirnaty, which was the first um mRNA, FDA-approved COVID vaccine, or at least they labeled it a vaccine. And it turns out that that product never actually existed in the first place. And Pfizer admitted at some point last week in, a, in an updated statement to the CDC that they will never be producing this FDA-approved vaccine. Um, and it seems that the media, for whatever reason, just doesn't even want to cover this. When the media covers this issue, they, you know, run the fact checkers into the system. And these so-called fact checkers go into my articles through and, and post them as false on Snopes or USA Today or whatever other ridiculous, um, you know, re- regime narrative uh, disseminator that these fact checkers are, whatever whatever they are doing, um, they're they're focused on pursuing narratives. So th- that's also one of the reasons for all this confusion is that according to the fact checkers, um, there is an FDA approved vaccine. It's obviously false, but um, yeah. So so there's just a lot of issues that on this specific issue. I've never seen as much. Um, false information floating out there, especially from the folks that are supportive of these pharmaceutical companies and think that this drug is a godsend, you know, that continue to maintain this delusion. And of course, the people who are aligned with the Biden administration, um, I have no idea why you would be so uh, enthusiastic about supporting that guy, but, you know, to each his own. But again, um, the timeline of this FDA approval process, I, I find absolutely fascinating. I mean, it, it's a case study in, in ruthless propaganda and the propaganda worked. So I, I thought it was important to write a kind of like postmortem. Pfizer has finally admitted that it was never going to create this mythical FDA approved vaccine named Comirnaty, at least the original um, and, and anyone who wants to comment or, or call in, since it's the weekend, we can do like kind of a 
open Q&A style thing, but I'll, I'll start it off um, just by talking about this piece. So again, August 23rd, 2021, this is almost a full year ago. The FDA, if you recall, they approve a drug named Comirnaty. And, by, and if you look into the archives, Biden, Fauci, um, every major public health official in the United States, every major government official said, um, now's the time, you know, if you're vaccine hesitant, they liked using that word, um, go ahead and, you know, go get your vaccination today because now it's FDA approved. And that, that was the language that they used, that it was, it's FDA approved. What they wanted to convince the public, what they falsely convinced the public of is that this EUA, emergency use authorization vaccine that people had been taking, had transformed into an FDA approved vaccine, that it was this same product um, from, from already made what the FDA, what the government and Pfizer convinced people of was this was simply like putting a stamp on that drug. And that is not at all what happened. Um, and, and some people pointed this out early on, but the, the story did not, was actively suppressed, that what the FDA did, which was very clever, with, with you know, and it's an easier job with the corporate media and the government on your side acting as marketing agencies for a pharmaceutical company. What the FDA did was they approved a specific product named Comirnaty, and it had two, and the drug had two separate labels. I think this was like basically had something to do with just the 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 um, the, the size of the of the vials and whatnot, and and the very specific knit labels. And if you recall, they 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 named it in the fine print a a legally distinct and separate entity, which is also key. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to give you my um, speculation on the legal issues surrounding Pfizer's um, claims about the vaccine. I, I think I, I can just give you the facts. And, and the fact remains that Comirnaty, for whatever reason, is legally distinct from the emergency use authorization vaccine. I don't exactly know what reason. We will have to hear from Pfizer, who won't talk about it. There are a lot of interesting folks that you can Google and and look up um, who are very much involved in the legal space on this issue. And they insist, their argument is they insist there's a huge difference between an FDA-approved vaccine and an EUA vaccine. Pfizer and the government insists that there's not much of a difference. But again, like why... Why is there a legally distinct entity and products named Comirnaty? And why does that exist if, if they're legally the same? Um, it doesn't really make sense to me. So there must be something there. So again, we go back to this August 2021. The FDA approves a product named Comirnaty. The government says there's 30% of Americans that are still unvaccinated. Um, Fauci is quoted as saying the time has come. Biden is quoted as saying, uh, go get your vaccine and get it today. So there's this huge push. And I'm sure anecdotally speaking, many of you can, uh, or many of you decided to go get the shot 
because you thought that it was now FDA approved. There was some kind of safeguards there. So millions of Americans, you know, it worked. There was less so-called hesitancy. Americans went in droves to get these shots. Everyone got their shots. And what was interesting is days and weeks later, people started to catch on that this was a separate product. Comirnaty was actually not available. It was this product called the Pfizer BioNTech um, COVID vaccine. And BioNTech, of course, is the, um, the partner to Pfizer based in Europe. Um, Comirnaty is not called the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. It's just called Comirnaty, a legally distinct product. People start to catch on. But Pfizer has a very exclusive, a good excuse in the early months. And this is documented over at the dossier on Substack. And I've written about this um, multiple times. So definitely check it out after this. But um, so so Pfizer says, you know, when, when people start to raise awareness about this issue that that people actually aren't receiving this FDA approved drug, specifically the, mili- the arm- people in the armed services, and this is an important issue, who have been mandated to get a COVID vaccine um, in, in, in an arguably illegal fashion because it was only available under EUA. The military didn't care. The military threw people out, forced people to take it anyway. Um, total authoritarian extrajudicial activity is shameful. Um, But when confronted with it originally, Pfizer said it was a mere inventory question. And it did seem to be a legitimate argument because Pfizer did and still does have tens of millions of EUA shots sitting around in cold storage or out of cold storage. We don't really know the logistics of this thing. There's no transparency at all. Pfizer has tens of millions of these shots. They say, you know, once we're done with these shots, um, the exact words, I'll give you the exact words. Uh, The quote is, at present, Pfizer does not plan to produce any product with these new labels over the next few months, while EUA authorized product is still available and being made available for U.S. distribution, end quote. So sounds, sounds legitimate. August 2021, at the end of 2021, this is Pfizer's excuse, kind of makes sense. I decided not to really talk about it as much. I wanted to see what happens. And months and months go on. And I think in March or April, I started to think like, what the heck is going on? It's been several months now, and there's no Comirnaty. The CDC and FDA websites are saying that Comirnaty is not orderable at this time. Those were the exact words citing um, the statement. Remember that Moderna also gets approved a few months after Comirnaty gets approved. Moderna releases an identically worded statement to the CDC saying the exact same thing. Um, Moderna's product is called SpikeVax. They say the, the identical thing that not orderable at this time. We have a lot of inventory, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the saga continues and then um, Congressman Thomas Massey, I think, started sharing my story, started looking into this. And, and he started to really, I think he was one of the people that really raised awareness about this issue um, and labeled it something 
akin to like a, a shell game, um, you know, a, a card trick that Pfizer, Moderna knew what they were doing. They didn't ever want these FDA approved shots to ever be manufactured, to ever make it to market. And then interestingly, Pfizer releases a statement in early 2022 that of course is not covered at all by the media, but they reference a new license that they received that involves a new formulation of Comirnaty. And this includes this ingredient that supposedly allows Pfizer to store um, these the, this product outside of ultra-cold freezers for a longer period of time. The logistics issue with storing this mRNA is very difficult. And I've seen a lot of compelling um, investigations into how legitimate is the storage here. Because so to store these mRNA shots, you, ne- you need to be in possession of an ultra-cold freezer. I looked up the cost of these things. You need to get it down to like negative 80 um, Celsius. And that these freezers cost over $10,000 a piece. I mean, maybe you bulk order them. You're talking eight, 9000 but think about like if your local doctor's office doesn't have these things, um, the, these shots were expiring um, after two weeks, according to the product label. So it makes you wonder how many people were um, injected with expired vaccines. That is something worth looking into because um, it, it's very um, publicly stated through Pfizer's guidance materials, but Obviously, not many people, especially a private practice, wants to um, buy up a bunch of these freezers, which, by the way, use as much energy as a, I, I think it's like a 2,500 square foot home in the United States. So this is not only a, you know an expensive product to get, so just plug that thing in, it, it becomes very expensive. And um, it, it makes you wonder, why exactly did did this product get approved at in, in the first place if it spoiled so fast you know this whole idea that it, and it also makes me wonder if you recall that Pfizer announced that they're going to send all of these all of this product to Africa and and remember um some of these developing countries that they're sending it to they cannot afford these freezers so it'll be very interesting to see what exactly that is is Pfizer just dumping vaccines like into the into the rainforests or, or into the plains, into the woods? It, it's very strange what's going on because I, I keep going back to this logistics issue. Um, but anyway, so Pfizer in very late 2021, I think the might be the last day of 2021, they issue this quick statement that um, you know, they got their their license for a new product and it, it has this um trisucrose formula that allows the product not to expire as fast. Um, so you can keep it out of cold storage uh, for much more than two weeks. You know, two weeks used to be the maximum period outside of the ultra cold storage before the, the drug went bad. And I was, you know, after writing about this issue, I, I've been checking the CDC FDA website because it, usually when the bad stuff happens, Pfizer and Moderna and the government, and they're all partners in this effort, they don't like to tell you, but there's like, they have some kind of, they usually have some legal obligations that they want to check the box. So it's interesting, you know, if you want to do your own uh, 
investigations on this front, you, you need to really check these websites um, under the news releases or just updates that usually the, the bad stuff is not publicized for obvious reasons. So just last week, and I, I, I figured this out through going through the internet archive because the CDC website, the FDA website have regular snapshots. So it, it's a really good resource to see when the language changes at the exact date. And the exact date was uh, May 25th. And finally, last week, Pfizer told the CDC, um, referencing these labels that were um, approved in in August of 2021. So this is, this is 10 months, um, almost 10 months after the fact that these, they specifically reference these two labels. And the quote is, at present, Pfizer does not plan to produce. Oh, no, no, sorry. That's, that's the old quote. The new quote is, um, these will not be manufactured. Only the subsequently approved trisucrose formulation will be pr- produced. So in the end, um, this, this whole August 2021 approval of a product named Comirnaty with a distinct label, that product will never, ever make it to market. Um, so the American people got totally scammed into believing that there was an FDA-approved product. And as an aside, um, there's different laws in every country. So I understand that there are products named Comirnaty outside of the United States, but this is specifically U.S. oriented. The American people were totally scammed for several months into believing that they were they were receiving an FDA approved vaccine. And I believe as of today, not a single American outside of, I guess, the uh, the clinical trials themselves and even the clinical trials, they got the the the, the first batch without the um, stabilizing agent. So nobody has had an, uh, an FDA-approved vaccine um, in the United States today, and, and it's pretty shocking. And, and it's, it's for those who aren't up to speed on this, it, it's hard to believe how badly we got scammed. And I, I think a lot of folks, from what I understand, the, the there's a certain standard to remove EUA or FDA-approved protections. Um, and allow you to, you know, open up litigation against Pfizer and Moderna. But if you notice, the issue here is that the people who did all of the marketing for Pfizer and Moderna was the federal government and the the public health bureaucracy. So it's very difficult in the sense that that they had this Pfizer had this dream situation where the research and development was funded by the American taxpayer. Um, the, the the profits were enormous and the propaganda was outsourced to the buyer. That is the American government through the U S taxpayer. Um, in my view, it's probably the biggest pharmaceutical scam that has ever existed. It's so entirely shameful. And if you don't think a guy like Anthony Fauci or any public health bureaucrat, Francis Collins, uh, Rochelle Walensky, they all knew that there was no FDA-approved product, but they lied to you through very precise language 
Um, well, but they just straight up lied to you and told you that there was an FDA approved product. But that's like, it, 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 it's just unbelievable to me. There, there never was a functioning product available to the public. What's interesting about these events is that it seems that the, the Defense Department, for those of you who haven't followed, the Defense Department has been sued by service members um, alleging that they're, you know, that they were coerced into taking, um, th- that the mandate is, is illegal and unethical, basically. Um, and I think that's true because there still is no FDA-approved vaccine. What is interesting, and this has been reported, I saw it first by Uncover DC, that the Defense Department has released some uh, memos through its health services that it is going to now start ordering a the minimally required, um, and from a legal perspective, of Comirnaty. So we may actually see this subsequent Comirnaty product, the one with the um, the agent that allows for it to be stored. Um, that that the reason why the FDA-approved product might finally make it to the market is because of this issue with the Defense Department. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Defense Department was telling Pfizer that, hey, we need at least the bare minimum of these products. Um, So it seems that the Defense Department at least is going to pursue a purchase order that might not, they might not actually get any of these FDA-approved products. Um, And of course, you you know the distinction between FDA-approved products and and emergency use authorization products is it's very easy to tell the, the label of these products um, on these vials, the labels all have the, have to list the adverse effects. Um, and and I, I believe that the label also has to warn about the increased risk of myocarditis. I was, I was reviewing a Moderna spike vax label and that, that has been set to include that warning, which is pretty fascinating. And I, I think that, you know, there's an obvious reason why the pharmaceutical companies don't want that included on their, on their shots, because that is not good for business. Um, especially the, the percentage of adverse effects is interesting. And, um, you can, you can look this up by looking at the, the FDA approved labels for these products. The FDA, the, the adverse effects, um, the, the percentages of people who are who are nauseous, fatigued, achy, it's like a hundred percent of people have at least like one or two or three um, side effects from this shot. Which, by the way, when if you remember when it was marketed early on, there was there were no, they were telling us that there were very few to no side effects, or that it was basically like a, a mental thing that that you were getting side effects because. People were people didn't like needles and all that nonsense. Um, and if you look at, as an aside, if you look at the um, these early like infographs or videos about how mRNA vaccines work, um, these side effects were never supposed to happen. The whole like uh, it just means it's working thing that was that was like a new talking point when everyone started getting sick, uh, but. Yeah, so so the current state of things is that um, there is no FDA-approved product. There might be an FDA-approved product in the near future, 
But here's one more thing about the FDA approved product. Um, both Pfizer and Moderna have an FDA approved product only for the primary series COVID shots. So this means that anyone who wants, who for whatever reason would want to take a booster, your booster will not be FDA approved. There is no FDA approved booster. So you can see from a financial standpoint, Pfizer and Moderna have no real reason to bring this product to market anymore because it, if you look at the charts, it's very clear that nobody wants to, nobody wants to take these shots anymore. Um, there, there are very few new adopters of mRNA shots. Um, there will be people that will continue to take booster shots, the people that believe that you know, it's a miracle drug. But the, but the idea that there will be people, many that will take a new primary series. And remember, only the, the shots one and two are FDA approved. So I, I, and the booster dose, from what I understand, is a slightly different um, microgram number. So they would have to get an FDA approval for a booster dose that they do not have. So I think the calculation now is that Pfizer will produce the bare minimum of FDA approved vaccines. It seems as a special favor to the Defense Department um, to keep their legal liability in check. And it's not it won't be profitable because um, there is no country in the world outside of Africa and they don't want the shots in Africa that has a population that hasn't um, taken the, the majority of this, but their population or the developed world, the majority of the population already has taken all these shots and, um, or they've taken, you know, or, or the MRNA companies, which are aligned with the West. Um, they don't have access to like the Chinese market or the Russian market or some other countries that um, are aligned with, that sphere of influence. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, if anyone wants to jump in to the chat, I see there's a decent amount of you here. Um, Run Level James says, EUA provides some limit, limited liability protections to the manufacturer, correct? Um, yes, I, I think that that's the way I read it, is that the EUA provides more robust protections to the manufacturer and you have to recall that in addition to this, there were executive orders signed by both the Trump administration and Biden administration that enhanced liability protections to these companies, um, even arguably including the FDA approved product. Uh, this is very unfortunate because it was, I felt like this was a corrupt situation because you had the... Um, you, you had um, the government, which, remember, does the R&D and purchases the product. It, it's kind of, in my view, very unethical for the government to also give them freedom from potential litigation. But what I continue to read is that if you can somehow prove fraud, that kind of breaks their protections. So uh, I think this is a very important issue coming into the November elections and post-November elections that you would expect a new Congress to want to investigate these issues. I mean, Pfizer is on the record telling people that its shot is 100% effective, 100% safe, 100% effective. 
they did some shifty stuff during the trials. And from what I understand, the there were people who died during the trials who were not accounted for, um, which is disturbing. And that's just kind of you know, Pfizer famously has paid one of, I think, the top two largest criminal penalties ever for a pharmaceutical company. Um, it's like, it's one thing after another with Pfizer. They don't really pay any taxes because they set up, um, an enormous establishment in Ireland where they use it as a tax shelter for their profits. Um, and, and yeah, like, I guess use the legal system as best you can, but Pfizer is a very unethical company. Um, and they're making billions of dollars. And I, and I think like, you know, Congress has this oversight role that at least at, at the very least, you need to get the pharmaceutical companies or the government out of bed with the pharmaceutical companies. These companies don't care about people's health. Um, they are, I, I think that they are on track to take in well over a hundred, Pfizer itself is on track to take in over a hundred billion dollars this year of which I believe 35 billion will be pure profit. So Pfizer executives are becoming filthy rich from taxpayer funded welfare, because on the open market, I very much doubt that anyone would, would buy these shots at this point that they, that Pfizer has transformed, although they do make other products, um, they themselves ran the numbers and they found that if they did not, were not in the COVID business, they would basically maybe break even this year and last year. So think about the difference between breaking even and $30 billion in profit to expand the company. Um, Pfizer will continue to demand boosters. It's like the old thing about um, if you're asking your barber if you need a haircut, which doesn't even, you know, a nice barber will tell you that you don't need a haircut every week, but <laughs> it's, um, it's unfortunate what's happening um, with this situation. It's just so out of control. Uh, I wanted to finish James's comment. He says, what incentive would the manufacturer actually have to shift actual production to the FDA approved product and lose those protections? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and again, like as I just talked about, the incentive structure is telling Pfizer to continue to make these emergency use authorization vaccines. And if you remember, Pfizer and Moderna, they do not make product unless they have purchase orders. So the issue here is that, yes, Pfizer and Moderna are very evil companies, but it's really our government that got us into this in the first place. I mean, Pfizer would never have become this m mega company without this, the continuing support of the government. Um and especially this mRNA program would never have come to fruition without the support of the government. And in, in some people's view, that was key to uh, fighting COVID or whatever. But if you look at the numbers, it's very clear that the, the, there's no there's no evidence that the stuff actually works, uh, which I think a lot of people need to really grasp is that the only time that people kind of... Um, claim that the that the shots work is they they say that it would have been worse without it this is the common uh, bumper sticker line when you know, people get sick and they thank the vaccine they thank their 
six boosters. Um, and they say, oh, thank God, you know, I, I would have been so sick had it not been for, for these shots. But it never made sense to me. I mean, remember, the vaccine it has come a long way. It was advertised as a cure. And now it is a seasonal booster. Come quite a long way. The goalposts have moved from here to Mars, and we're still going. And um, what's interesting is that Pfizer, what I think people don't seem to understand is that Pfizer is so unethical that they will, they will continue to pursue this program until they're told to stop. And that's it. Like there, there will be no maximum amount of shots. The only time that they would pivot is if they saw that there was no revenue left in, in these shots, they will never stop. And, um, the chairman of Pfizer, Albert Bourla, was at the World Economic Forum's uh, Davos retreat, which was, I think, a couple weeks ago now. But at the retreat, you know, he was talking about, he was sitting with Klaus Schwab, the, the president slash comic book villain who runs the World Economic Forum. And Bourla told Schwab that um, it, it's, of course, like all these conspiracy theorists are, are hurting a vaccine update. But when you look at the numbers, there's like 12 billion shots that have been injected into people. Maybe more. Is it 20 billion? Someone has the numbers, but it, it's well over one and a half per person worldwide. So the idea that like people haven't taken these things is preposterous. And the idea that there's like some people like us who warn about this garbage product, like we're the problem is ridiculous. Clearly people have taken it and that is that. But what he said is that he wants to intertwine the COVID shot with the flu shot. It's it, th These people are very political. So they must've done some kind of like um, market research. And they found that people take the flu shot every year. So we're just going to double up. And as many of you had been speculating in the past, that this would be the eventual conclusion of the program. I, I think you're right. I think this is exactly where it's going. Um, what's happening right now is that Pfizer and Moderna are so frequently recommending that people get injected with their shots that the numbers of adherents keep falling off with each and every shot. So how do you lock in that program for a very long time? I think you turn it into the flu vaccine. And that appears to be the strategy moving forward. And it's perfectly timed because people take their flu shot in the fall. And Pfizer just recommended like last month that you need your fifth uh, booster, whatever, whatever number it is. I think fifth if you're over 50 or, and, and four if you're, if you're under 50. Um, so they can hit you with the sixth in August and September when the fall starts. And I think that'll be the plan moving forward is just endless annual mRNA injections, maybe they'll change the formula. If those who aren't aware that the, the formula of the mRNA shot has never actually changed, which might be pretty shocking to the uh, uninformed on this issue, that the these shots, both made by Pfizer and Moderna, according to their own company charts, these shots were designed days into the outbreak in Wuhan. Unexplored story there. Not sure what's going on. Very strange uh, that... These shots were created when um, there was like no deaths and there was an outbreak in Wuhan. 
definitely worth its own independent inquiry, perhaps a congressional inquiry. That would be nice. I would hope to see that coming. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's the job of citizens, especially to inform their legislators, like, hey, look into this weird stuff, because they're not going to really do it on their own. So I think that's important. But anyway, people are getting these shots have the exact same ingredient in them. Imagine taking any other product unrelated to mRNA. And every time you take it, it makes you pretty sick. And usually what happens is that with each additional dose, you continue to get a little worse sickness. If that applied to any other aspect in life, would you continue to take this shot? Um, Obviously not, I think, for rational-minded people. But for whatever reason, this pharmaceutical uh, propaganda has um, has really overtaken the minds, the, the rational, logical minds of so many human beings. And they continue to, what I view as they're like poisoning themselves right now. I mean, what is, can any scientist even with expertise in mRNA or, or can anyone at Pfizer or Moderna openly debate this issue? This idea that you are going to get the exact same product injected into your arm over and over again, and that this is somehow going to protect you from a virus that many of these people have seemingly acquired three times, four times, five times. Um, I don't know about some of you, but I had COVID, like, uh, I believe I had COVID. I, I didn't take any of these ridiculous tests. I had COVID, like, very early on in the first outbreak. And that's one of the reasons I became so skeptical about this nonsense, is that it was, like, a decent cough. I had it in, like, March of um, 2020, I think, pretty early on. Uh, and that kind of alleviated my fear about the idea that you know, there was some killer virus that was going to wipe out humanity. But anyway, like the idea that I need to take, and if you believe in the concept of immunity, the idea that you need to take this like routine boosters, something really funky and fishy going on. And none of these so-called public health experts can actually explain the mechanism behind how this keeps you safe. Other than the fact that when you get this injection, it provides like a temporary boost of antibodies and then that boost the antibodies goes away more quickly with each additional dose and this is the other thing that a lot of people um, who haven't looked into these numbers don't seem to realize is that with each additional dose the the demonstrated level and, and this is proven in studies with each additional dose the so-called level of protection continues to wane and this has been known for a long time, and this has been established ever since the first booster dose. Um, and this might be a product of variants and whatnot, but what's clear is that at this point in time, you could make a very easy statistical case that these shots actually have negative efficacy, that there's nothing beneficial at all, that even, I don't think that they would even protect someone for a day, this, this supposed level of protection. Because if you look at, you know, these early studies, the, the, the initial series was, was uh, according to these studies, looked like it gave you like six months of um, 
not prote- protection really in the traditional sense, but six months of kind of having a higher chance of avoiding getting COVID. And then with the booster, that number was cut in half. And then with each additional booster, it's cut in half. So, and if you remember, there's a, there's a two week time period when you get these shots that they will not count you as protected by the vaccine because something happens during those two weeks that's been established that lowers um, the, the, the product of your, you know, you know, the benefits of having a functioning immune system. Something happens where it kind of like compromises your immune system. And this is not brought into the calculations at all. And this is why a lot of smart folks have speculated that the reason why so many people get COVID two weeks into this is that the shots are somehow acting as an immunosuppressant. So think about this cost-benefit analysis here. You have an immunosuppressant effect um, with each additional booster. So, and then you have waning immunity to the point now where it seems that with this original formula, remember there is no other formula. Um, it's all based on this mRNA product was designed with the original strain that the Chinese government uploaded to the internet um, that came out of Wuhan. So we're very far removed from that, from like a biochemistry perspective, that there's all these um, variants and whatnot, and we just still have this one shot that Pfizer claims on its timeline. It developed in January of 2020, same with Moderna. Very interesting stuff. Um, I wanted to get back to what James's full comment. Are EUAs time limited or subject to any kind of review process? Um, and, and anyone else who wants to jump in, we'll just have a Q&A for the rest of this time. Uh, feel free to call in or comment in. But I'm not really sure our EUA, if anyone is familiar with the EUA process, could feel free to tune in and tell us about that. But I'm not really sure. You know, I, I, the, the, the thing is that these products keep getting approved for under EUA. So I'm not exactly sure um, how long an EUA can last. Uh, maybe it would be interesting to look into the possibility that our emergency is is the longest emergency of all time. Because on a daily basis, the FDA is approving COVID-19 products under an EUA um, basis. Very few of all these products, whether they're tests or, or labeled vaccines or all this garbage that's created a giant trillion dollar industry or whatever it is, um, they're all pushed through emergency use authorization. Um, and this allows these companies to um, totally avoid any legal scrutiny. And it's a problem. Like this is also something that a functioning government should look at. Like, why are we still in this emergency period? And the people in charge of both parties are using this emergency period to their, um, they love the emergency. I mean, this is the issue with all of these power-hungry politicians. They want the emergency to go on forever because this gives them all kinds of power and whatnot. Um, but yeah. Uh, so again, like the reason why I started this 
call-in discussion is that uh, I thought that you know, my article in the dossier, a lot. you should definitely check it out. Um, it's called Ghost Shot. Pfizer quietly admits it will never manufacture original FDA-approved COVID vaccines. For those of you who missed the beginning of the, the chat or the podcast, um, basically Pfizer has finally come around and admitted that they will never manufacture the originally um, approved FDA-approved COVID shots. That um, the August, if you recall, this happened all the way back in August of 2021. And this was a celebrated moment. This helped convince a lot of Americans to go to their pharmacies and their doctor's office and, and take these mRNA shots. And I would say if you polled them, the vast majority of them were under the impression via government and pharmaceutical propaganda that they were taking a COVID vaccine, but that uh, an FDA approved COVID vaccine, but that was not the case. So in my view, these people were all scammed by, by the government, by Pfizer, by the public health establishment. And what's more, what's more screwed up about everything about this than anything about this is that they all knew they, um, they were all in cahoots about this. It was all just a strategy to get product into arms and they lied and there should be accountability for it. Uh, DeFi says they force us to have these run around to come to the truth. How do we force the government in today's age to hold accountability? How do we get the people together when they have weaponized people getting together from protest to a mob if they don't like your message? That's a good point. You know, it's this idea about a perpetual emergency that I was just talking about, that it seems that there's never, there's never, it's like with, it reminds me of like the, how hard it was to withdraw from Afghanistan. Like everything, when, when the money is flowing and you have like this unchecked power, it's very difficult to get the government to stop. So you need masses of people to reject this. And this could come in the form of a protest vote or, uh, you know, using your first amendment rights to their fullest extent. But yeah, it's very difficult path forward. But I, I think for sure you need to hold your legislators accountable. They need to be demanding answers. Um, and remember that this shot has a very high side effect um, portfolio. And side effects are not rare. They're very common. And people were bamboozled by the government into taking these shots, thinking they were FDA approved. I mean, there has to be some legal minds in America that can that can tackle this and hold Pfizer, Biden administration accountable because they committed unbelievable crimes, in my view, that this was this was not only crimes via lockdowns, via masks but coercing people and tricking people into taking what was effectively an experimental pharmaceutical product. They tricked them into thinking that it was safe and they tricked them into thinking it was ineffective. There's no evidence for either. And that's where we're at today. So yeah, make sure to subscribe to the dossier podcast here on call in so much. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, Have a nice rest of your weekend.